0: Rangers, this is Ordo. It's time for another episode of the Canned Air Podcast.
1: Alright, it's Morphin time!
0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Candare, a tribute to comics and pop culture. I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty. I'm Jake Runyon. And we are all in our separate uh, locations this evening, all bundled up in our homes because there is an onslaught of snow headed our way, apparently. How's it looking over your end? How's it looking your guys' way? Pretty shitty. Yeah.
2: It's <laughs> not ideal, but you know what? Friendship finds a way.
0: Doesn't it though? God bless Skype. I thought I was going to die on the
1: way home, because at one point, the roads were wet, and then, like, out of nowhere, boom, they were covered in snow, just white. All you see was road, or tire tracks.
0: Yeah, it started, like, misting, like, really heavy, like, the second I got home. But anyway, the the listeners don't give a shit about our weather situation, (laughs) I don't think. That's a good point.
1: (laughs) The ones (laughs) in the Northeast are like, yeah, well, we're already getting there, too, so...
0: Yeah, well, by the time this has heard, it'll have come and gone, and yada yada. But as a result of the storm, our guests had to cancel this evening, so we are just going at it solo this evening. We're going to be talking John Goodman's movies in this week's Retro Roundtable. Uh, this past week, he got his star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, and of course, Kong Skull Island came out, so uh, why not talk about John Goodman?
1: I didn't know he got a star.
0: I can't yeah, he, he did.
1: I can't that long. I know, yeah,
0: you really. would have thought he had one already. Yeah. But uh, apparently not. And then we're going to take a dive into, the, or take a walk into the comic vault, rather. <laughs> uh, what do you guys got to talk about? Letter 44. Letter 44. That sounds kind of familiar, actually. Yeah. Should and it? I've got... <laughs> yeah, because that's what I said we were going to
1: do last week, but we ended up canceling the segment because...
2: Oh, that's read right. You that's right. Yeah, I've got the same comic I was going to talk about last time, but we cut the vault.
0: I'm actually going to be uh, rehashing an old book I've talked about on the show before so uh (laughs) we're all rehashing stuff here It looks like jack has a hero for a segment we haven't done in a while if you forget what it's called what is it real world heroes that's what it is (laughs) (laughs) it took me a second to get there but then we're going to top the episode off with a couple games of verses, where we have a chart full of fictional heroes and villains alike we roll dice onto and whatever two characters the dice land on uh, we have a conversation as to if they were battling and I will be rolling all the die this time because I'm the only one here. How about that? We better make... hear
1: a die fall you just don't pick up. <laughs> I can <laughs> pick shit up guys. if
2: I want. <laughs> oh, this time it's the whole person, Superman. Oh, yeah. All right, let's
0: just kick it off with this week's Retro Roundtable. And away we go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're back.
2: <laughs>
0: Shut up! All right. Shut John up! Goodman movies. Shut Where do we even begin?
2: You know, I think it bears mentioning that I've never met a person who didn't love John Goodman.
0: Well, with reason. I mean, uh, what's the what's not to like about him?
2: Yeah, it's it's hard to look at John Goodman and not be entertained in some way, whether you're smiling or he's scaring the hell out of you. He's always like a benefit to whatever movie or show he's in, at least as far as I'm concerned,
1: he yeah. almost always looks like he's in a good mood, except for uh, like <laughs> right. Big Lebowski, I guess. That was
2: the old, yeah. like his, <laughs> Cloverfield lane. In that <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Donnie!
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Cloverfield was amazing. He was uh, creepy as hell in that movie.
2: Uh, and it's such a shame, too, because you want to like him at several points throughout the movie. You're like, hey, maybe he's not a total jackass. And then he just gets worse and worse.
0: Yeah, they just keep teetering you back and forth, like like yeah. you're saying. You want to like him, then you like. Oh, well, we definitely can't like this guy. Oh, well, maybe he's not too bad. Yeah, <laughs> good movie. Good movie. Absolutely. Uh, what else has he done, Jack? You just recently showed me that uh, <laughs> KFC loves Gaze <gays laughs> that he did.
1: Yeah, the uh, what was that? Funnier die video. Funnier die. Where he was the colonel. <laughs> that shit Damn, was that funny. Is the greatest. <laughs> it was so wrong, but it was hilarious at the same time.
2: It's that, like, creepy aside he does where he's like, truthfully, it doesn't matter what I tell you. You're going to eat the chicken anyway. You're <laughs> all a bunch of money mouths.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that was so funny. Now, one thing I did not know about John Goodman when uh, researching was that he actually provided a voice in Futurama. Do you guys know who it was? No. Do huh. you want to take a stab at it?
2: Was it Fishy Joe?
0: <laughs> no, but I think I might name my firstborn that. Cal- Calculon. No, no, but uh, I can. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say good guess, but I can't even say that. That's <laughs> um, uh, no, he was hey, the shitty guess. <laughs> he was Robot yeah. Santa.
1: Oh, yeah. oh, That's right. Yeah, yeah. I had I no idea. Some...
0: <sighs> Speaking of voiceover jobs, he he's done that I didn't know about. Frosty Returns, he was Frosty the Snowman. Is he really? Yeah, who knew? I mean, it was a shitty cartoon. It can't, doesn't hold well, a yeah. candle to the original.
1: But I didn't um, think that Frosty
0: would have come back because he melted the first time around. <laughs> yeah, but Santa brought him back.
2: And uh. Everyone knows once water melts, it's destroyed forever. It'll <laughs> never <laughs> become <laughs> ice again. Did you guys ever play um, Rage? Came out years and years ago. It's like a post-apocalyptic thing, kind of Mad Max-ish
0: no
1: no i know what you're talking about yeah
2: yeah he was like the first human character you run into he's like your mentor quest giver kind of guy i thought it was really cool you know your first few moments in a game you got john goodman holding your hand (laughs) i'd pay extra for that experience
0: no i've never even heard of that it's just okay i just remember
2: the cover art yeah
0: (laughs) nothing to write home
2: about no not really
0: no matter what I see John Goodman in or hear his voice in throughout the years, whenever I see him, my mind always goes back to one movie. Jack, any idea what it is? I think I've talked to you about it before.
1: Uh, I've, there's one that always comes back to me that I've almost forgot about until I looked at it today. But I don't know if it's the same one. What is it? Raising Arizona. Raising Arizona.
0: No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> Swing and a miss. <laughs> no, uh, arachnophobia.
2: Oh, okay. Oh, Remember man. that movie? Uh, yeah, Was it Jeff Daniels? Right?
0: Yes, yes, Jeff Daniels. That was a good oh, movie.
2: That was a good one. Yeah. That one. John Goodman was the well
0: exterminator, too. wasn't he? He was.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's right. He was like that real slob, dirty looking guy that had <laughs> a. Yeah, and
0: he was he was really young in that movie, but. um yeah, he kind he like uh, like launches all out war on these spiders toward the end of the movie and he has all these different uh like get like, a you know, like a little flamethrower at one point. weren't there like little like flaming spiders running around the place at yeah. one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was such a uh it was such a cool movie. And I remember when I saw it when I was little, I was like I don't want to be f- afraid of spiders, so I went outside and caught a spider and kept it as a, like a pet for like a week or two and just like handled it and stuff and ever since then I haven't had a problem with relatively small spiders when you start talking like wolf spiders and shit keep that away from me right. now that
1: nice. just enforced my fear pretty much because I had a bedroom down in the basement too so that didn't Oh happen.
0: shit! so you probably yeah. had like <laughs> silverfish and those centipede looking things on your walls I woke yeah, up with yeah.
2: a house centipede on my face once I would not wish that on my worst enemy.
0: Let's talk about the ratio of the those bugs you probably swallow in your sleep during a year. Dude. <laughs> yeah, like being a snorer, spaghetti. especially. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, other John Goodman movies.
2: You guys see? Was it Inside Lewin Davis? It was a Cohen Brothers one of their more recent ones? I think it was Cohen Brothers. No, he's got a small part as like a kind of snazzy dressed traveling musician. He's like really surly and. Profane, he's addicted to heroin. There's really not a lot going on with his character that's positive, but like he's an awesome addition to the cast. Not really sure where I can go with this since you haven't seen it, but suffice <laughs> to say, he is pretty excellent.
1: How about his uh, Sully from uh, Monsters Incorporated?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah,
1: endearing little character there. Oh yeah. I
2: respect that you said Monsters Incorporated, by the way, which I've never heard a person say before. Yeah, because I after I said
1: it. Yeah, after I said it, I was like, "No, it's Monsters Inc. It's it never incorporated." <laughs>
0: uh, glad that's we so cleared stupid. that up. Yeah.
2: <laughs> no, Monsters Enterprises Limited, a subsidiary <laughs> of.
0: Oh, okay, here's another uh, good John Goodman role. Was uh, his role as Dan on Roseanne?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think that's what everyone kind of thinks of first when they hear. At least I don't know. Maybe I'm being presumptuous but i always think that's kind of his like iconic role
0: oh for sure yeah absolutely and um, anytime
1: i anytime i ever saw him outside of roseanne for a while there it was
0: always hey look it's dan right you remember the last episode of that show
2: vaguely really bleak like she's uh, alone everyone's dead
0: yeah, pretty much. I mean, she's, like, recalling the past with her family. I mean, she's, she's going around the table with the characters, like, in at the age they are when that ended. But then it, like, snaps to reality or something. I don't remember. And Dan's dead. He died of a heart attack. And, like, all the kids have moved on. And she's in that house alone. And she was just finishing the book. Because all through the series, she had talked about w- wanting to be a writer. And I think, like, there was an episode where, like, the family got her, like, a desk and some pens and paper and stuff to help her get starting, And the series ended with her ending her book. And it just was really sad. Really sad. That show just took a
1: dive the last season, too. After after he left, pretty much, it was just, it was downhill.
0: After who left?
1: John Goodman. After he left the show.
0: Well, he left in the last episode. No, I thought it was the whole season that he was gone. Because
1: no, they thought- divorced or whatever. Was it? Yeah, I'm pretty sure.
2: There's only one way to settle this. <laughs> oh,
0: man, I've got to go digging around now. I thought that he was around. I, I was thinking, like, for some reason, they, it was like a fantasy that whole season. Like, they thought they had won the lottery, and then it kind of snaps to, back to reality, or like it was a dream in that last episode, and she starts recapping on what had really happened that last year. Am I just making, pulling this out of my ass? That's what you wanted to happen, I think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, because I I do remember. uh, Yeah, I thought they they broke up or something like that and he left, but he actually left the show and they did win the lottery or something like that. But it did get really weird that whole last season, I remember.
0: I'm going to have to go dig it up or at least read about it on Wikipedia because I'm super curious. If you know, listeners, Send us an email And settle <laughs> And this. I'm sure they will <laughs> Send us a postcard The P.O. Box <laughs> Self-addressed that's, that's our
2: next step Candair needs a P.O. Box That's <laughs> how you know we've made it
0: <laughs> Those are actually pretty obtainable So uh, consider us made Perfect um, I've mentioned the role of uh, Fred Flintstone He played on in the Flintstones <laughs> movie And he was just so good as that character
2: It was a really good casting. Uh, Maybe not a great movie, but he was the right guy for the job.
0: Sure. Yeah, absolutely. No, the movie wasn't great. I think Halle Berry was in that too, wasn't she? Was she really? Yeah, she played the secretary. And wasn't Rosie O'Donnell in that movie too? (laughs) Yeah, you guys
1: talked about that a couple episodes ago.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we sure did.
1: The only reason why she was in it is because she could laugh like Betty.
0: That's true. Um, what else has he done? Do you remember on SNL back in the uh, '90s when the Monica Lewinsky shit was happening? Oh yeah, John Goodman would play Reno. No, that was Will Ferrell. He'd play Linda Tripp.
1: Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) Shit was so fucking funny. (laughs) Just great, big sitting there dressed as a woman. It was so funny. (laughs) Oh my god!
1: Like he enjoyed it a
0: little bit sometimes, too much too. (laughs) He had fun with it, that's for sure.
2: You you gotta respect someone with that much confidence, you know?
0: Sure. Well, and here's another reason you have to respect the guy. The Blues Brothers. The original Blues Brothers. You know, John Belushi and Dan Aykroyd. And when John Belushi died, you know, who would ever thought you'd see the Blues Brothers again? And you would think that anybody they put in that role to replace him would get scoffed and scowled upon. But um, I think... John Goodman was a very natural and uh, good selection for that uh, for movie. What do you think? Oh, I you know, loved him in that. Yeah, I
2: actually haven't seen that. I've seen the original a million times, but I've never seen the one that comes out. Was it like Blues Brothers 2000 or something?
0: Yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I yeah. think there's like they like, incorporate a kid somehow. and huh. Didn't they,
1: Jack? Yeah, there's some kid. There's another dude, too. I can't remember who he was. But it, I liked it. It was a pretty good movie. Huh. And seeing uh, Dan Aykroyd lose all that weight to fit into the same suit he was in back then, too.
2: I tell you what, Dan Aykroyd, what a piece of shit. Everybody hates Dan Aykroyd.
0: Well, are you serious? Why?
2: No, that's a joke. I love oh. Dan <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, probably for uh, waiting so dragging his feet on Ghostbusters. That's a reason, right? <laughs> yeah, there we go. But uh, no, I love Dan Aykroyd but it's yeah, it's crazy how old those dudes look now. I guess I mean they are old. But eh,
2: whatever. Can't help it after a certain point, I suppose.
0: What else you guys got?
2: Uh you guys ever see Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? I know it's Oh yeah. All oh yeah. Was what was his name? Damn it, don't tell me. It was like Big John something.
0: Who was he? Was he like the pr- their promoter in that movie or something like that? I don't remember.
2: He was the equivalent of Polyphemus from the Odyssey. I don't know if that helps. Okay.
1: <laughs> that's what the whole story was based on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was like the it would be record producer or something like that. That's what I thought. Yeah, that's what I think so. There's something about him. He fits that role, that, that period so well. Oh, He's yeah. For
0: sure. He really does.
2: He's got the right, I think, inflection. Like, everything he says feels congruent with that time. Like it's, he's gruff but kind of dignified. I don't know. It just he's he's just right for it.
0: Mm-hmm. He's he's like what I would imagine Foghorn Leghorn would be if he were a person. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> listen here, boy. Now listen. <laughs> now look at me when I talk to you, boy.
2: Give <laughs> be a live-action Foghorn Leghorn movie starring John Goodman.
0: Oh, my God. They'd line up for fucking miles to watch that. I know I would.
2: Absolutely.
0: Shit. Um, The only other thing I have written down is his uh, performance as Hound and Transformers. Oh, that's right. Even though they kind of butchered that character. But, yeah, it was (laughs) amongst other things. Cool hearing his
1: voice in there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. That's all I got, guys.
2: What else you got? There's something like right on the tip. You go ahead.
1: Oh, in Raising Arizona. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that. Mm-mm. He was, a uh, him and his character and his brother, they were fugitives, pretty much. They broke out of jail. Oh, and I remember seeing right. the movie when I was little that it was raining, like monsoon raining, and the ground is just mud, and you just see something poke out of the ground, and then he pops his head out, and the whole time he's just sitting there screaming, Rawr! Ah, ah. Then he pulls himself out of this muddy hole, reaches down in, grabs his brother, pulls him out, and both time at the same time, they're both just sitting there screaming and yelling. And I was always like, what the heck is going on? (laughs) Come to find out they're breaking out of jail, and then they go to get, uh, what's his name, Nick Cage, to go do some more thievery stuff, but he's supposed to be clean because he's
0: raising the family. But we all know better than that, right? Oh, yeah. This is Nick Cage we're talking about. Come on. (laughs) That movie's a classic, though. You can't keep him away
2: from crime.
0: I think (laughs) Nick Cage is another uh, actor who deserves his own retro roundtable.
2: Yeah, Yeah, that's a fact. Because you can interpret, oh my god, we could talk shit about Nick Cage for an hour straight and then spend two hours singing his praises. It's just (laughs) like no dividing line between good and bad with him. You just take it all as Cage
0: he just does a little bit of everything and he doesn't, yeah. uh, he doesn't, he's not obsessed with his image, I think, you can no, tell. No. He's, he's you know, willing had, to have fun and that's what's cool yeah, about him.
2: Absolutely. I'd read an interview with him where he said he doesn't have a problem being like a working actor. He said he didn't come from a wealthy family. He doesn't see anything wrong with taking like occasionally crummy jobs as long as it puts food on the table. Like sure. you gotta respect that, you know?
0: Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Looking at it from a job standpoint rather than, sure. a artist.
2: <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Pamper yeah. me. He's certainly <laughs> eccentric, but he doesn't seem very pretentious compared to a lot of other people out there. So that's pretty cool.
0: Can you guys just even believe that it was ever even a possibility that he was considered for Superman?
2: I know, no. right? That like, documentary is a hell of a watch, too.
0: Yeah. Th- those, those pictures
1: of him, they're just, it's like blasphemy almost. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's something else, that's for sure. Not just the suit, but his long hair.
0: <laughs> <laughs> his long, flowing, hippie hair. It's,
2: uh, yeah. Definitely a break from the established form there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, any other movies, guys? King Ralph, remember that one? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what was that, like, 93, 94? 91. Oh, my God. What was that even about? Do you remember? Like, his so like,
1: whole family, was royalty, like, removed, you know, he was removed from the family, like, from England, and they were all getting a picture taken, and it started raining, and all of a sudden, something sparked and wiped out the whole family, so he was pretty much the heir to the throne. It was almost <laughs> kind of like a, a Mr. Deeds.
0: <laughs> so, just some average Joe Scroat inherits all this fame and wealth. and Yep, he's the king of England, then, instead.
2: somehow becomes the heir apparent to the most powerful and important monarchy of human history don't you think
0: the people that wrote that movie are like looking at cinema now and thinking damn i'm glad we sold that shit back in the day because it sure as hell wouldn't be selling now
2: (laughs) no man any
0: other movies guys that's the last one i'm drawing a
2: blank yeah Yeah, there's
0: ones that he's been in that i
1: remember but i've never seen so Right. Yeah, it kind of
0: doesn't do any good to talk about those, does it?
2: Great for conversation. (laughs) He was
0: in this movie. He was in this one. That's true. There is one John Goodman movie I forgot to talk about A Tale of Two T shirts.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I do not know what that is.
0: Really? I know what it is.
1: (laughs) It's from Society6 Productions. That's right.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. How could I forget? The seminal John Goodman work.
0: Yes, where he orders one Candair T-shirt, and it just isn't enough, so he must order two. Two T-shirts for John Goodman.
2: You, too, can be a success story, just like John Goodman. All you need is sweet Candair apparel.
0: And we have that apparel for you. The apparel... For success, Dress for success, they always say, and we've got the clothes for you. Society6.com forward slash Pod, Or just head over to our website, CandarePodcast.com and click on that Moich button. Um, we're all. so
2: excited about this great stuff that we're going to give it to you free of charge, as long as you ignore the charge and the shipping and handling.
0: <laughs> it's that easy. It's free if you believe it was free. That's correct. Right? Anyway, go buy a t-shirt, go buy a mug, go buy a clock, get that canned ass swag, represent the nation.
2: There need to be more than three people in this world who wrap canned air at all times.
0: Correct. Well, we've sold more than three t-shirts, but (laughs) we ain't doing that bad, folks. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, this is so weird.
2: (laughs) If I had a nickel for every time I heard that.
0: Anyway, I'm going to quit tooting the uh, t-shirt horn. Let's get on into the comic vaults. Who would like to go foist? I
2: All will right. go first.
0: <laughs> <laughs> go first, Jake.
2: Just testing the waters. Wait, you say Jack or Jake? Jake. Okay, gotcha. Uh, this week, I have got The Witcher, House of Glass by oh. Paul Tobin and Joe Carrillo. I believe that's how it's pronounced. It might be Querio. I don't know. Uh, Joe, keep up the good work. I'm sorry I butchered your name. The thing that really caught my eye at first is there's this beautiful Mike Mignola alternate cover. It's got Geralt the Witcher, you know, striding outward, sword drawn with these horrible otherworldly monsters behind him on this kind of autumnal field of falling leaves. It's just absolutely beautiful. It's got like this sort of neutral greenish color palette, very muted tones. It catches the eye. It's stunning. The story is just as good. Like, you expect a series like The Witcher to be very bombastic, lots of fighting and gore and people getting decapitated. But this this story they start to introduce here is almost weirdly understated. It opens up on some hunter um, just out in the woods tracking a deer, and Geralt kind of sneaks up on him, startles the guy. And it's really just, just Geralt's been riding for weeks, hasn't seen another soul, and just really wanted to stop and like chat with somebody which is like a weirdly human angle to attribute to what is essentially this mutant killing machine so right off the rip there's like there's artistic integrity to this piece you know the story's fleshed out they're not just like action 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 they're they're introducing elements that really make you feel connected to it and uh they're talking they're sharing some expensive wine and the hunter's talking about how he lost his wife a couple of years ago i think it was years. and um She had been grabbed by a gang of vampire women in the forest. They turned her into one of them. Garrett was like, oh, that's a tough thing, you know, getting over the loss of a loved one. And he's like, yeah, I know. And it it sucks because she's uh, she's right over there. Paraphrasing, obviously. And it pans to the corner and she's just standing on a hill watching them both like a hawk. And apparently his vampire wife has been following him around ever since it happened like scaring off food and wildlife so he's like struggling to stay alive and not starve to death oh wow and it reaches a yeah yeah and uh since he sees like no real future where he is he decides to go with gerald to wherever he's going to end up and their path of course takes them through this haunted witch forest where they encounter this gross nasty forest hag creature and They get attacked by this thing called a lesion, which looks like a deer skull on top of a tree person from Lord of the Rings. They're nightmares, horrible creatures. And they bend the forest around them so you can't get out. It becomes like a maze. Uh, But they keep seeing these colorful songbirds. They're like grabbing their attention and leading them in different directions. They turn out to be showing them the way through the labyrinth. And when they get there, they find this old abandoned house where the hunter's wife has been staying. And that's where the comic ends. They're just about to interact with her in, like, the first meaningful way instead of her just being the periphery of the story. It was all fantastic. Went by way too fast. Can't wait to finish up the series. That
0: sounds awesome, man. Hmm. I know how much you love your Witcher.
2: Oh, I do. I
0: do. <laughs> Very that's cool. Very cool. Jackie, you want to go next?
1: Yeah, I'll go next. So this one was called Letter 44. And it's about a new uh, president. He was the 40, 44th president of the states. Just got elected. Elected. And beginning of the book, he is going through his uh, inauguration. And at the end of the day, he wants to go into the Oval Office. And they're all like, well, that's not your office till tomorrow. <laughs> he's like, I just want to go in and take a look. Sees a letter that says 44 on the desk. So he decides to pick it up and read it. And it's a letter from the previous president. Saying, you know, congratulations, I know you didn't like me as your president, blah, blah, blah. I did what I could, this and that. But I just wanted to let you know, seven years ago, NASA found out in the asteroid belt between Jupiter and Mars some kind of construction going on. And they have tried to contact them um, and haven't gotten any kind of reply. They don't know what they're doing, but it's your problem now and nobody knows about it. We kept it quiet from everyone. The Joint Chiefs and Staff know, and the Secretary Secretary of Defense knows. And it's a good thing you kept him on because you're probably going to need him. So he thinks it's a bunch of bullshit that the president just left him, kind of like a, here, take this asshole, it's your job. And he goes and talks to the Joint Chiefs, and they're like, okay, yeah, there is something going on. A couple years ago, we actually sent like a whole ship out there with some astronauts and soldiers and scientists out there to see what's going on. And it's been a, a couple of years since then. So he decides he wants to get a hold of these uh, astronauts just to talk to them and find out what they know. He gets on the horn and it's 15 minutes what well, lag time between each one. so he says something, takes 15 minutes to get to them. they say see the video, it comes back, takes another 15 minutes. so he's got to wait a half hour. For any kind of correspondence back and forth. But he gets on the radio, talks to them, lets them introduces himself, says who he is, you know, does the what I all like most corporate uh, higher ups do. Is there anything I can do to make your job easier? Like it's going to matter because they're all the way out in the middle of goddamn space and there's absolutely nothing he could do to help them.
2: Yeah, you could get us out of space. <laughs>
1: Serious. <laughs> for starters. But they're all they're like, "Well, you know, thanks for your, you know, your support, blah blah blah. But uh we got to go because we have some work we have to do." So they get off the phone and they're like, "All right, well, you ready? We're coming into, you know, just into range. And the last panel of the book is what they have, it's this giant gun pointed at the the earth. And that's where it left off. Oh jeez. Wow. Yeah. It was Reading the whole book, it was like a, it was intense the whole time, pretty much. Just like you're finding out a little bit by a little bit by a little bit. And then at the end, you see this giant gun, and that's where it leaves off.
0: And uh, where did you get this book?
1: As a comicology. Huh. It's a Oni Press.
0: Oh, okay. All righty. Very cool. This sounds yep. awesome.
1: I dig it.
0: All right, well, I mentioned I'm rehashing a book this week and um I am because of uh having seen Logan, we've all seen Logan, right? Oh yeah. Oh god, yeah. And what do we all think? Beyond amazing, right? It just everything. I'm still speechless over it. Yeah. I wanna I wanna go see it again. It was fantastic. I haven't been able to stop thinking about it since I've seen it. Great movie. But did you guys cry? I welled up Almost. a little bit, but the yeah. the tear yep. the uh, theater was sobbing like for sure. Like the lady next to me was <laughs> 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 like the like the whole end of the movie. And I was like, seriously, lady. Like I I can I'm feeling the emotion. I get it, but damn, <laughs> yeah, yeah, damn. Anyway, so uh, a long time ago on the show when they Marvel first released the all new Wolverine. Which at the time I just saw as a female Wolverine, you know, the, the search for more money. And um, <laughs> so I got it and I read it and talked about it on the show. And I think I was very dismissive of it at the time because I didn't know what was going on with it. I've actually gone back and read the uh, X-23 uh, series, which was amazing. And then again, have seen Logan. So uh, this book popped into my memory a few days ago and i dug it out and read it and it was so much better and uh, who, who would know you know knowing backstory might help the story you're reading <laughs> go figure Go figure. yeah exactly but uh, i don't believe it <laughs> <laughs> it starts with her at the uh, bottom of the uh, eiffel tower there's a there's a gunner up on the on the tower shooting down at people on the ground Trying to hit her And she's trying to move people out of the way You know, get out of the way, there's a shooter And about the time she does, she catches a bullet Right between the eyes and the forehead Falls down dead And, uh, you know, after the the crowd is like Oh my god, oh my god, she's dead You know, she obviously stands back up Cracks her neck And it's like, "All right, time to get back to work Takes off her trench coat and reveals that you know she's wearing the exact same blue and uh, yellow Wolverine outfit that uh, Logan used to don when he was still alive. Anyway, she takes up the tower after this assassin, and um, you know I'm just going to give the cliff notes here. She catches the assassin, rips the the mask off, and sees that it's her. So I remember originally reading this, thinking, "Oh my God, how stupid, how cliche!" But You know, thinking back to uh, the X-23 series, you know, before that lab got blown up, there were a bunch of other test subjects. So there could have been clones of her in there, you know, multiple uh, test subjects in the X program there.
1: Mm.
0: Uh, Anyway, she, uh, the assassin, if I remember correctly, just jumps off in the tower killing himself or herself rather. And uh, she jumps off to have Angel catch her in midair. And uh, I don't remember at what point a big missile toting drone came flying past, but it did. And uh, Angel dropped her on top of it. She sliced it up and it landed. And uh, that was the end of the book for the most part. But um, I think I may have smeared some of those details, too. But one thing that's really (laughs) cool in it is that she remembers back to being I think when she takes the bullet in the head while she's out, she's. Remembering being in the field with Logan, like they were taken out some like drug runners or something, she had an opportunity to kill him and she didn't. She kept apologizing, and he goes, "You know why are you apologizing? You were trained to kill. That's what it's in your blood. So to restrain is nothing to be sorry about. It shows strength." Yada yada. It was a really cool moment, and they were both donning black Wolverine outfits. That's pretty badass. But uh, I'm just gonna leave it at that. All new Wolverine number one. I think it's been out. What Jack about a year now? Uh, yeah, I think so around Something there. like that. But um, I strongly recommend going and reading uh, the X-23 book uh, before you read this or see Logan. Not that it's necessary. You, know, you can see Logan without reading it and still love it to death.
2: Someone had actually isolated those panels of her talking to Logan in the field. I just read them this morning. Fantastic.
0: Yeah. It that was feels a,
2: like such a... Like, reading that really drove home how perfectly the movie nailed the feel of, like, an aging Logan. Right. his psychological conflict. Awesome.
0: It's just neat to see him come into his uh, own elderly age, you know, however prolonged it may be because of his mutation. (laughs) But, you know, just getting wiser and becoming that... uh, Men, I don't know, I guess he's always kind of been a mentor, but really becoming uh, like a personal mentor, like a father to this girl. I don't know, it's right. just really cool. Do you guys anyway. like the
1: uh, thing that I posted on Twitter about the uh, the man and his daughter went to a comic book store? and he Oh, got yeah. Beat up. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> it was uh, Hugh Jackman and the, that little girl. Little girl, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was, was awesome. up. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's all I have. I just wanted to uh, talk about it again and give it... Uh, you know, tell, say it was a lot better than the first time I read it Having, you know, read the backstory So, I recommend it All new Wolverine, number one And with that, let's just move right into
2: Real World Heroes
0: Jack, who do we have this week? Rocco Buto. Rocco Regabuto, Rocco Regabuto, Rocco Rigobuto, Rocco Rigobuto, Rocco Rigobuto. <laughs> And what has Rocco done to deserve a spot on our wall of justice?
1: That one day, not too long ago, it was what, March 4th, I think this happened, somewhere around there, just the other day, uh, his mom fell onto the floor having an asthma attack and couldn't breathe. And Rocco, being seven years old, quick-witted, jumped on the phone, called 911, talked to the guy on the phone, super calm. It was. I saw it on the news. They had the, uh, the 911 call on the, on the, on the news. And he was just rattling off what's happening, answered every question perfectly easy, knew where he lived. The uh, medics got there, and she's okay.
0: A seven-year-old
1: boy.
2: I can't imagine yep. being calm in that situation like today. It's like, 9-11, no. what's your emergency? My mom's dying! Oh, what yeah. do I do?
0: For sure. Why aren't you here? Get the now! <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: Well, I mean, a child probably doesn't understand the complete seriousness of the situation, but wow. You
2: know, that's a good point, yeah.
0: That's, uh, yeah, that the uh,
1: operator was like, "Is she still breathing?" Oh, she. Yeah, she's having trouble though. He was totally like coherent when right in the moment there, and didn't didn't miss a beat pretty much, and helped that saved her mom, his mom.
0: And what was his name again? Rocco Rigobuto. Wow, you could almost write a country song with that name in that story, couldn't you?
2: <laughs> I'm already halfway done with it. Bow of Rocco. There you go.
0: And for that, Rocco, you have found a spot on our wall of justice. And the Hall of Heroes. So good on you, Rocco, at seven years old. Imagine maybe he'll become a paramedic when he's older. Yeah. I don't, I don't know why I would assume that, just because he made a 911 call. <laughs> but...
2: <laughs> His ability to operate the phone makes him perfect for a job. <laughs> for <this> saving
0: lives. <laughs> <mind. laughs> <laughs> All right, wise ass. All right. All right. Now, with all that behind us, and I do apologize for a uh, somewhat lazy episode, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> it's, just, it's been a bit of a manic Monday to, uh, to I put wish it. it was,
2: sun. That's right.
0: That's, that's you beat me to that line. Oh, my God. I <laughs> walked oh, right into mice. that.
2: great
0: Walked right into that one. But um, we're going to top this episode off with a couple games of Versus. And once again, we uh, the way we play this game is I have a chart here in front of me with tons and tons of different little uh, superheroes and villains alike from all different walks of pop culture and we're going to roll dice over them and whatever two characters we land on we're going to have a conversation as to uh, if they were battle who would win so I guess I'm rolling all the dice this week boy it's like my fucking birthday
1: (laughs) I got my fingers ready to pull up some powers and abilities here
0: alright cool alright so here comes our first one you ready It's like literally just a girl standing there, like black (laughs) shirt, red pants, blonde hair, black band in her hair, that's it.
2: Superman versus a bystander.
0: (laughs) (laughs) She looks like, I'm going to roll again. She looks like a bystander. Okay, we got one. We have Hellboy. Nice. Versus Wonder Woman. Oh, Hellboy versus Wonder Woman Wow speaking of, speaking of Wonder Woman you seen that new trailer I did yeah that looks pretty good Man yeah it does
2: Alright so hope it right off the rip I'm seeing a way Wonder Woman could wrap up this fight In minutes With a lasso Yeah get the lasso of truth Ask him his true name Bind him by his name it's done it's over
0: Hmm. Look at you Clever son of a bitch well, that is what
2: roll. they
0: call me. That was my nickname in high school. <laughs> <laughs>
2: that's my life
0: Yeah, Don't but you, you, ever, you missed it. You missed it. My <laughs> <laughs> no, that, I, re- I really like that, though. I mean, that is so efficient. I mean,
2: that's you're... totally how she'd do it.
0: Because that, that's how it works, right? I mean,
2: oh, yeah. You know a demon's true name, you've got power. You what if she right. couldn't
0: get the lasso around him? He'd just
1: catch it with the uh, old right hand of doom there.
2: I assume that would be the fight: is her trying to get the lasso in, and him employing an arsenal of. But if he reaches guns.
0: to catch it, and like say he even does catch it, and it's still around his hand, does that count as being? Ooh,
2: good point. I don't know if they ever specify like how much of you needs to be wrapped up in the lasso.
1: <laughs> I don't know if it's just like a just a, a loop, or if it's got to be kind of tied around you.
2: It's like playing <laughs> the more that game. What is it? The, the kicks where you've got to like partition off pieces of the board and claim them.
0: <laughs> Sorry. Now remember, Diana, you have to have eighty percent body girth between this thing for it to work.
2: <laughs> At least like three a, of the major organs. It's like an
1: electromagnet the more times it's wrapped around, the more time the more it's gonna work.
0: There you go. Wow, okay, so that was a very quick one. Well I say we'll roll again on that one. But I liked it. I mean okay. it was, it's probably by far one of my favorites. I mean I would. I never would have thought that. That's awesome.
2: Well, you know, I do what I do.
0: This guy. This guy. All right. I know about demons. I I summon
1: them and make them disappear all the time. He does was great know See, about I, demons.
2: I know about <laughs> that instead of how to talk to women. So it's an even trade off.
0: You know, I was thinking we ought to do to this game or to this little segment here is put wild cards on there. Like before we start rolling, like each of us pick a character and should we hit that character, then something fucking fantastic happens. I don't know what would happen, but (laughs) Uh, uh, food for thought, you know, Yeah. Fetty falls from the ceiling and (laughs) (laughs) people jump out of the room screaming. (laughs) It's like Pee Wee's magic word. Yeah. (laughs) All right. Roll number two.
1: Oh, shit. Uh Uh-oh.
0: Okay, well, um, the one die landed on nobody, but the second one landed on the greatest American hero. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, boy. All right. Gambit.
2: Oh, interesting.
0: Hey. So who was that again, Gambit and who? Greatest American hero. Oh, Gambit. (laughs) You're right. Easily. I mean, wasn't the greatest American heroes thing that he didn't know how to use his shit. <laughs> well, yeah, but he, it
1: would work every once in a while, but he didn't know how to do it. But now hey, what was
2: he, like, what were his pet? Pa- was he super tough? I can't really remember. He was
0: strong. He could fly. I mean, very stereotypical superhero gotcha. powers, but it, he had the alien suit. I got it right suit. here.
1: Go ahead. Flight, super strength and vulnerability, invisibility, precognition, telekinesis, x-ray vision, super speed, pyrokinesis, holographic vision, yes. shrinking, psycho, psychomet,
0: psychometry. So better than Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so technically we could put Greatest American Hero up against Superman and have it be an actual battle.
1: Shoot. As long as he figured out how to work his powers, Superman might get the jump on him. And-
0: oh, Superman get the jump. And so would Janabek. But- <laughs> So would Gambit. Yeah. Oh, you just have to have throw one of his
1: cards at the right spot, that's all. That's all he's really got, right? His cards.
0: Well see that's he the thing. Charge he, stuff. he can charge he anything. He likes
2: the cards. Yeah, yeah. He could choose any g- object. It's just he's known for the cards.
0: Yeah.
1: <sighs> Gambit so he could still get the the piss beat out of him. I don't think it would be Gambit. I think the uh greatest American hero could probably pull it off. Think so?
0: yeah I just can't remember like how good of a grasp he had on his powers but I guess even if he didn't have a good grasp on him you know he could still take a beating if he has invincibility as part of his powers you know what I mean
2: yeah I suppose so
0: all right well believe it or not he's walking on air <laughs> man those were both very quick uh, what another
2: one that's what she said yeah. actually funny this,
0: this this guy here.
2: Don't they call you an antiquated? Is that
1: your nickname in high school? Quick,
2: no. Shut up.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Thor. We need someone good. <laughs> we need someone good, and we get Nightcrawler. <laughs> hey,
2: I like Nightcrawler, fellow. I out.
0: do too. But is he gonna hold a candle to Thor?
2: Not really. I don't know. He could probably mm-hmm. like teleport, grab onto Thor's hammer, and then teleport somewhere else. He's, like, not lifting it, so it circumvents the rule where only Thor can pick it up.
0: Yeah, but wouldn't it, like, get lost, like, in the middle of the vamp somewhere? Because the second it left Thor's hand, like, he wouldn't be able to it. It would be, it.
2: like, in the brimstone dimension or wherever he goes to. But I guess Thor is, like... It would, slowly
0: for, it would end
1: up coming orbit. back. Yeah. So yeah. it just might take a little bit.
2: All right, never mind. <laughs> Go to hell.
0: Good. I mean, what was it? Wasn't it... Uh... Jake, I think you read that book, too. The Road to Civil War, where uh, yeah, D- yeah. Doom was in hell and uh, Thor's hammer was, like, flying through dimensions.
2: Yeah, that's right.
0: Back to so, Thor, and like, when it came through hell, he just grabbed onto it. Grabbed and it. And and pulled him back, him. back into so, 616.
2: This exact scenario has already happened, I guess.
0: It really <laughs> More or less. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. So, uh, right, well. how else could Nightcrawler possibly do
1: it? Well, Nightcrawler no, would actually have to teleport a whole bunch of times because he can't go any farther than he can see, so it's not like he's going to... He really couldn't just vamp back to hell because he can't really see it.
0: You know? Well, no, it's not that he ever like could vamp to yeah, hell, he doesn't but go it's, like, to hell. it's like the time between like when he disappears and reappears and the, like, that smoldery like, black uh, ash right. that hangs around, it's like he's passed through... What was it, Jake?
2: Yeah, it's the brimstone dimension. Right. It's so like he gets to A from A to B via hell. It's never the destination.
0: Yeah, and like my point is like if he were to grab Thor's hammer and then vamp, like even before oh, I got he you. made yeah. it through the other side that quickly, like he would lose his grip and, you know, lose the hammer. So, hmm. yeah,
1: I gotcha. So it'd like he'd poof come back and the hammer would be gone. He'd be like, right. well, where'd my hammer go? Yeah. <laughs> And then and Thor I'd would call, call for it. it. My name's Kurt Wagner. You're like, I don't care what it is. The Incredible Nightcrawler.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I have Go a tattoo for every sin.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> Can't say beautiful. Yeah, oh I like my
0: so. god. So, so <laughs> Thor then is that where we're leaning?
2: I
1: think I, that's I'd it. I'd say yeah. yeah. so I think he, if he could get a hold of him, still, even if the hammer's taken a while to fly back to him, he still can probably pound the hell out of Nightcrawler because he's not yeah, really a He at... could
2: squash him like a Nightcrawler.
1: Yeah. Nightcrawler could poke him with his tail
0: here. <laughs> boop,
2: boop, boop, Ow. Stop. Just, <laughs> he had out. to
0: catch him like if he could hit him with that thunder or I don't know. I don't It know. would
2: take more effort not to kill Nightcrawler than I to think kill Night,
0: <laughs> Nightcrawler would, could be Great at evading rather than Offense you know just yeah, He'd be great at escaping the Situation maybe but Thor it is So uh, how about one more roll since these Three have just like been <laughs> Nothing to them And then we'll call it an episode alright all right. Sounds good Oh wow Okay, Rocket Raccoon is one Nice And I can't tell There's some medieval dude in green With a bow and arrow Prince Valiant hair
1: The green arrow? No <laughs>
0: I know who the green
1: arrow is <laughs> I think
2: he wouldn't recognize the green arrow
0: <laughs> Robin Hood? <laughs> no No idea There's like a trio of them Three of them okay, so I'm just going to roll again Oh my God, Red Hulk! Let's see who's gonna win oh, that. Oh shit! shit. Roll, roll again. Hellboy again? What the fuck? It's like a Ouija board tonight.
2: It's a curse! Holy shit!
0: It landed on the real Green Arrow. <laughs>
2: <laughs> All right. Uh, see, this is awesome, because we've got, like, a fight between two dedicated long-range type of heroes, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess it comes down to who's who's a better shot with uh, the like, respective weapon.
2: Not just who's a better shot, but, like, Rocket's got the edge on, like, pure lethal firepower. He's got an array of guns and missile launchers and atomic weapons, all that shit. Green Arrow has, like, the gadget arrows, the boxing glove, and all of that. Yes. Right. So can he use his whimsical toolkit of super arrows to take out a raccoon with actual chemical combustion projectile weapons?
1: Hmm. I oh, I think Rocket would just pull something out of his pocket and it would grow to be 20 times the size and be this giant gun.
2: Yeah, probably. And Not then that... it would
1: just be a giant beam and just cook Green Arrow.
0: Not that it would really matter due to uh, his skill set, but at the same time, I think it would have to have some kind of infliction or impact. Um, Rocket's size, you know? But they're both very good shots, so, I mean, hitting each other isn't a problem for them. But I think Rocket might be able to hit him before he hits Rocket solely because he's a bigger target for Rocket. And a smaller for the green arrow, you know what I mean? Absolutely. Well, There's a
1: lot more body showing behind a bow versus a rocket-sized right. being—hiding right. yeah. behind a big gun, yeah.
2: And you've got to think, green arrow can probably put an arrow anywhere he wants from just about any distance, but that's like a reflexive sort of thing, you know? He could just snap to, fire off an arrow, and it hits where he needs it to. He can Imagine shoot an arrow with to his st- toes— Right, but he's used to human-sized targets, right? I mean, I think the majority of what he's up against are regular person size. I'm thinking those reflexes are almost going to work against him when he's dealing with something the size of a raccoon. You know, his his muscle memory is going to take over. He's going to fire off an arrow that's going to go like three feet wide of rocket because there's all that space between you know where a human's head should be and where rockets is. I see a bunch of extra
1: adjustments. To get yeah, used yeah, to that. so that's yeah. going
2: to slow him down if only a little bit and maybe that's all the edge rocket needs to put a bullet in his head.
0: And I wonder what a uh, what his rate of fire is too compared to a semi-automatic weapon.
2: <laughs> Probably lower.
0: I would say so, but who's yeah. to tell? I mean, he's got a reputation yeah. for a reason. Jack, do you have any stats on him pulled up by chance? Green arrow? No. You know, he could have those trick arrows
1: where an arrow where would shoot more arrows?
0: Yeah, I, I think I've even seen him do that and stuff, like pull three arrows at once and shoot them all off to different locations. Yeah. So, and it's—I think it kind of goes back to our uh, discussion. Twenty-nine arrows a minute. Hmm. So about half the rate. Which raid. could be three, three at once. It could be within that too. Because a semi-auto, I mean, you can get sixty, if not more, off, right?
2: Oh, sure.
1: Uh, an M16 would shoot 30 in six seconds. <laughs>
2: so. If he had on burst. <laughs> and we're not even oh, factoring in whatever crazy sci-fi yeah. weapon.
0: Wow. Okay. Um,
2: man, I so don't know which way to go. Pew, I mean,
1: pew, I think pew. It would be. <laughs> it would be
0: <laughs> <laughs> I want to give Green Arrow uh you know the benefit of being stealthy, but I think a raccoon.
2: Yeah, has a when pretty was the good last time you too. saw a raccoon rather than reacting to something they already did?
0: <laughs> Actually, quite regularly, I have to rescue the raccoon out of the dumpster almost daily.
2: <laughs> oh, all right. yeah, and realize I was talking to the good raccoon Samaritan.
0: He has um, shown the ability to
2: shoot an arrow down the barrel of a gun. Oh, that kind of changes things
1: and made several accurate shots while simultaneously performing an acrobatic
0: maneuver. Okay, so they're both stealthy, they're both crack shots, but...
2: um, I think Rocket's Rocket's more of a, like, density-of-fire guy. I was just saying,
1: yeah. (laughs) Just quantity of bullets in an area versus one going in a certain spot. That's true.
0: And I I think that Rocket's hearing would be a lot better, too. Uh, His senses... So you yeah. could probably know that he was coming a mile away before Arrow ever knew of Rocket. But, I don't know. The
1: bullet's got a hell of a lot more range than an Arrow.
0: Well, Unless it's I don't a Rocket know. Arrow. Unless it's fired by the Green Arrow. <laughs> he could probably yeah. I've got it. to
2: imagine he taxes those projectiles to the total upper limit of their ability. <laughs> I kind of want to give it to Green Arrow by virtue of, like, having fast enough reflex to get an arrow down the barrel of one of rocket's guns. Can only imagine what sort of devastation would result from one of those giant rocket raccoon style weapons exploding in his hands. Yeah. Be rough.
0: I think I have to give it to the green arrow as well. Definitely. Cuz yeah. uh just your your talk of uh him just spray and pray when he's shooting his guns other yeah, than yeah. articulated shots and that's where green arrow's got him so. That's where I'm going to lean. And Rocket's spray of talking being a a big mouth,
1: pretty much, too. He could probably just get himself shot while he's in the middle of making remarks, I guess.
0: Let's make something clear. (laughs) (laughs) All right, very cool. That was fun. I have missed playing that game. I do have to uh, redo this board. Not only the chart, but... uh, the, the foundation on which it sits on. You know, I it... bet
2: if the if they were like arranged in a circle, it would roll a little nicer. Rather than a grid, you know? We'll give it a shot. It might consider a die with more sides too, something that rolls a little more smooth.
0: Well, I, I was using the D20, and you said—
2: Oh, okay, shoot. It was Hugh
0: that said, you should use the cube ones. They won't roll so much.
2: <laughs> oh, wow. Uh, well, Obviously, I don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. So.
0: <laughs> oh, that was so funny. Oh, Jesus. my God. We'll get it. We'll get, the, we'll get the chart worked out and perfected sooner or later. But anyway, I think that's going to do it this week. So, uh, Jack, what do we got on the website?
1: Go to cannedairpodcast.com where you can see show highlights, guest info, listen to the show, follow us on all our social media, visit the Hall of Heroes and see the Wall of Justice, check out some of the videos from our YouTube page, and if you'd like to be a guest and promote your work, send us an email on your contacts page, our contacts page too.
2: Don't forget to check us out on Twitter at Pod and Instagram at Canned underscore Air. we got all kinds of fantastic promotions, episodes, new and old, and funny jokes. Wow, what a great deal.
0: (laughs) You can't go wrong, can you? And don't forget to buy a t-shirt, Canned Air t-shirt. You're going to look so swell. You'll uh, You'll be able to get a date with your best girl or your best guy. That That's
2: t-shirt. a can't guarantee. That is. That's a can't guarantee. <laughs> oh,
0: look at this. I <laughs> can't guarantee. I like it.
2: <laughs> like all jokes and pandering aside, the t shirts are really high quality. I'm consistently impressed with how nice they look in person.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I enjoy mine. So head over to society6.com forward slash canned pod or on the website, just click that moich button. And, um, yeah, we do apologize for a very lazy episode this week. Our, again, our guests canceled, and we're, none of us are at the table looking at each other. So doing this all over Skype when you're not used to doing it over Skype definitely takes its toll, I think. But I don't I think, know how these
1: other shows do it.
0: I really don't, but uh, props to them. Props to them. So uh, what else? What else? Uh, next week we're not going to be recording a new episode, though. This coming Saturday, uh, which will be the day after this post, we're going to be at the wizard world cleveland con getting coverage from that so i imagine the following sunday or monday i'll i'll be posting the uh, audio coverage from that as that week's episode and uh, jack will probably have stuff going up on youtube sometime that week Yep. So uh, keep an eye out for all that stuff, and uh, then we'll be returning the following week with another episode. That's not so lazy. I'm just I'm just out of it today. <laughs> this oncoming snowstorm has me in like hibernation mode. I think so. I feel the same
2: yeah. way. I'm like dazed.
0: Me too. It, it's been that way all day. I don't know what it is, but um, the body knows. I guess the body knows.
2: I suppose. <laughs>
0: There's another song. The body knows. I suppose. Ending on that. So until next time, I am Jeremy Colley. I'm Jack Doherty.
2: I'm Jake Runyon.
0: Thanks for tolerating us, everyone. <laughs>
1: I
2: can't wait to see this movie. But wait, Timmy's blind. But what am I supposed to do? Why not try a podcast? Spirit! Spirit. All the comic and pop culture entertainment you could want in the Canned Air podcast. Finally, a form of entertainment not fully reliant on visual stimulation. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe.
0: All right, and then uh, we're going to just top the episode off with a couple games of verses. Uh, I think that'll be fun. Goddamn, this is pretty lackluster, isn't it? It's weird with you guys, <laughs> but not here. <laughs> there's, there's
2: a little something missing, I suppose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, are you a big, gross, fat ass?
0: <laughs> <laughs> we got a shirt for you.
2: <laughs> You've got questions. We've got answers.